Hello and welcome to Bandcast Movie Trash. I'm DB and with me as always is Aaron Minogue. Happy Halloween. And Jared Levin. Hello. And we just got finished watching Friday the 13th, the original from 1980. And Aaron has seen this a lot growing up, as we learned in the trailer episode. Both Jared and I, this was our first time watching this movie. Of course, we knew Friday the 13th. I'm like, familiar with Jason, even though I've never seen uh, any of the movies. It's like, as we were saying, Freddy, Jason, and Mike Myers. Uh, Jared, what did you think of this for seeing it for the first time? I was, you know, Jason wasn't really in it, but I, I could see it being scary at the time, you know, but I don't know. I don't know if it aged the best, except for Naked Monopoly. <laughs> oh, Naked Monopoly. Yeah, we'll have to. <laughs> I hate Monopoly. It's like the worst board game. Not if you play naked. Which didn't make much sense to me. Neither did. I, I don't understand how you can really play Naked Monopoly. I don't know how they got to in their underwear in under three kills, but uh, they are still using money, too. I thought the whole thing was going to be just naked. I guess, I don't know. Have you guys ever played, like, uh, with friends? Like, uh, let's get let's get naked? Like, I don't know. What would it be? Mousetrap? Naked mousetrap? Naked shoots and ladders? Have you guys ever played that shit? <laughs> I want to see, see how naked mousetrap plays out. <laughs> you know, what, what happens when you get the trap? You got to take your clothes off? <laughs> mousetrap's the worst because... It takes so long to set it up. And then it never went smoothly. There would always be like you had to you had to get involved and like touch something to make it like continue doing what it was doing. Oh yeah. It wasn't enough of a payout. First much time you had to put in. I guess if you're doing strip mouse trap, there has to be a part with the people who can make their mouse trap go for longer before there's an issue. <laughs> an issue like ejaculation? Like, I sometimes had trouble with that myself, where my mouse trap springs a little too early. Yeah, no, mouse mine usually caught. just happens right when it's supposed to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the pieces that we're talking about, how like sometimes you'd have to like put your finger in and like jiggle something or move no, this it. This is getting way too dirty. Yeah, well, that's why that's where the stripping comes in. Dude, the movie kind of, I don't know why, for some reason, yeah, like when the girl got picked up by that trucker and he just touched her butt. Did you see that? Oh, I definitely called that out. Of course you see that. It's hard, It's impossible to miss. And, and he says to her, are all the girls up at camp going to look as good as you? There is no fucking way I'm getting in that car after a comment like that. She was crazy. Well, I guess first we open up on those kids. We had the flashback to like 1958, yeah. right? So 1958, and again, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Friday the 13th, but we can just go ahead and jump ahead. So this first kill here uh, with the two kids who steal away into the uh, some attic to make out, they are killed by Mrs. Voorhees' Two. So her son died that summer? No, 57. Oh, the year before. Yeah. Yeah, her son drowns and then the camp counselors are killed the following year. The following year. Okay, so this is Mrs. Voorhees. That's why, you know, I like the kind of subtle hint that we get, which is, you know, they're not like freaked out. They're just like, oh, we weren't doing anything. Like they are talking to an authority figure and not that they're talking to a fellow kid where they would just say, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's true. Kind of yeah, cool. Because they're not scared when they see her. Right. And you guys haven't seen Sleepaway Camp yet, but there's so much that it borrows from from this. This is, as I said, like the better movie, but there's a lot of that. Oh, what are you doing here? Right. Oh, it's you. Right. There's no they're not going to give away, but it is kind of like an interesting little indicator that they know who this is. This is a familiar face, but we're just not sure. Yeah, we, who in what way. we don't know which one of the cast is the killer, but we already know the killer. I like I like how the girl was doing basketball moves or something after she killed the guy. Uh, <laughs> like, like, what are you playing defense? Yeah, she, that's exactly what she was doing. Yeah, basketball moves. What part is this? This is at the, the, the first kill. This is 1958. This is pre-credits. Oh, After I see, I the see. First yeah, yeah, yeah. Kill, okay. we, we still have the POV. We'll pretty much just be calling it like a POV killer, which is probably borrowed from Halloween, uh, the original. 
but that's okay. So we got the POV, and then she's just running back and forth in the attic. Yeah, like, come up with a plan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This takes place in New Jersey. Yep, New Jersey. Camp Crystal Lake. This is, yeah, it takes place in New Jersey, because all the license plates are Jersey. It was filmed in New Jersey, too. I figured it was New England somewhere, but okay, so this is Jersey. So this is right in uh, Aaron's backyard. And so yeah, is Jared's. I know these yeah. people. You know them and, and you went to school with them? Yeah, Mrs. Voorhees always used to buy Girl Scout cookies whenever we'd be going around selling them. She was really a sweet neighbor. <laughs> You, you didn't suspect anything with a knife in her pocket? I would you know? have never thought it, no. She was just so kind to all of us. That's what she uses to cut brownies. Ah. It's only when kids are having sex instead of watch it, watching her young Jason swimming. And by the way, you know, shouldn't you have taught Jason how to swim? Okay, he looks way too fucking old to not know how to swim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're sending him to cam- a camp on a lake. It's irresponsible. She's projecting onto these camp counselors because she did a poor job raising her son. Knowing that she's working at the camp, she knows what there's a lake. She knows that there's a lake. She knows that there's horny teens everywhere. So you can't really count. Uh, by the way, who is counting on teens to be the sole protector of your child? Who can't swim. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I kind of feel like she was looking for an excuse to go on a killing rampage. She was hoping, she was constantly telling him to go swimming and never mind those life preservers, they're for pussies. She's like, you gotta want it bad, son. That's how Jared teaches surf lessons, you know? You gotta learn the hard way. No foam boards, only short hardboards. Short hardboards, you go in the shallow and see what happens. <laughs> how you separate the men from the boys natural selection that's right it worked out in the last call three movies though when he has a hockey mask i I would want to see one of those now now that i've seen this i i was impressed by this movie it didn't have a feel to similar to halloween uh it was gritty it it was sort of campy some things don't hold up well but there are actually some things that i mean i i enjoyed it a lot One thing I didn't enjoy is the credits, which we talked about with the trailer. Um, I couldn't believe when they did this. Now, that's what I call music, as you said, Aaron, credits in the movie. I thought, surely they'll have something better for the movie. But no, they were there. And then we cut to Friday, June 13th, the present, now 40 years ago. And this is where we got Annie walking through town looking for a ride. Looking to get murdered. And her ass grabbed by a trucker. Who was right? It, oh, he was, he was right to grab her ass? She was asking for it. I mean, he was right about not going to Camp Crystal Lake. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's the other thing, too. She is getting a ride from him. And then when she's she starts talking shit to him like he's a pussy. <laughs> oh, wait, what did she say to him? I don't, re- I don't remember this. She's like, oh, I don't believe in some ghosts or... Oh, She's uh, in- she's insulting like his beliefs. Him, not, she's not really aggressive about it. She's just like teasing him. But you're also just taking rides from strangers. Yeah, this is 1980. I would say like, yeah, hitchhiking was a bit more acceptable back then. Although, no, this is post the string it's of Ted serial Bundy. killers. Yeah, Edward Kemper, things Oof. like that. Yeah, Santa Cruz guy. So, Jared, for you seeing this for the first time, because Aaron, I don't know if you can, if you'd be able to recall like the experience of seeing it for the first time. But for me, I almost thought that she might be the killer because she's so crazy looking <laughs> in, in the beginning, like talking to the dog. Nuts. Yeah, she kind of has. I, I think it was a gr- kind of a cool performance in that way because it was pulling me into like there's something off about her. Like she's really enthusiastic talking to the dog. I forgot she talked to the dog. She Sorry, talked yeah, to the dog. Cringy. Cringy. <laughs> Not only that, she even tells his stories. Oh, I can't wait to look after the kids. Right? Yeah. What really a, suggestive. What, a, what an asshole. What a bitch. <laughs> wait, I'm going to watch the kids. Oh, okay. I'm going to kill you. That, that happened in 1958, you asshole. Yeah, like maybe if she'd have been there, your fucking kid who's doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground wouldn't have drowned. Should have taught him how to float in his back, you idiot. Do the doggy paddle or something. Yeah, come on. Doggy paddle. She lives right near Crystal Lake. What kind of fucking dumb mom is she? (laughs) 
Jared is coming down hard against Mrs. Voorhees. He says. <laughs> and, his par- and her parents. I taught swimming for a little bit. I mean, you live near a fucking lake. Jared's a lifeguard, everybody. Let's not forget. Yeah. We got a pool when I was a kid. And I was afraid, really, to let go of the side. I was like four and a half. And my mom was like, get off of the side now. Like, she was like, no, like, you're learning to swim. She was like, I want this pool. Can't be worried about my kid falling in and drowning. So. Get over here and learn how to swim. Did I hear that right? When your mom got a pool? Yeah, we got a pool when we moved into our Oh, okay. I was I was really hoping this was one of those above ground pools (laughs) that would feel appropriately. New Jersey, perhaps. We had those in the Midwest too. They were looking back, they were pretty sad. What, an above ground pool? Yeah, an above ground pool. You guys didn't have those? Fuck yeah, I had an above ground pool. What do you think? I grew up rich? Oh, you had so you, so it was an above ground pool. Yeah, it was like four feet. Oh, <laughs> hey, you can drown in four feet of water if you don't know how to swim. You totally can. Yeah, no, it's just the yeah the above ground pools, man. Do they still do those? I don't think they really do. Do they? Do they do in oh, the East Coast? They must. They yeah. do. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Do a lot of house sound. Now, did you do it? Was it built up like nicely where you had kind of like a deck surrounding it? Because they can kind of be okay with that. Yes. My stepfather yeah. is a carpenter oh, and okay. a very good one at that. So we, they actually, what they did was the back, we had so much land in this house and part of the backyard was fenced in. And then there was another part that we would ride our go-kart in this like backfield. You had an above ground pool in a go-kart? We were so bitching. That's fucking awesome. And we, so my stepdad like dug, they like kind of went up on an incline. He dug in and set the pool like inside of the ground. So there was a part of the pool that like sat even with the ground. And then as it went sloped down, then there was a deck belt. Oh, sick. It's a pretty sweet little setup. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Well, if you're going to do an above ground pool, you got to do it the Aaron Minogue way. Otherwise, you're just you looking shit. sad. You're trash. You yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Yes. I guess the lesson, if there's a moral takeaway to this, it's not that, you know, teenagers shouldn't have sex. It's that you should teach your kids how to fucking swim. And this whole mess could have been avoided. A whole eight sequels plus a reboot. Teenagers shouldn't have sex unless they are prepared to teach their children how to swim. Oh, see, I thought you were going to say unless they're attractive. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It did feel like a porno to me. I don't know, like sometimes. (laughs) I got one more thing here to say about this uh, town that she wanders into. I know we're moving up to Crystal Lake, but I admire how this Ghost Town has the temerity to post two-hour parking signs along its streets. So it's fucking Times Square. Please, there's nobody in this town, and you're just going to post, oh, you can only park here for two hours. We're all clamoring for spots (laughs) to go into the drugstore to hang out with the pedophile truckers. You got a two-hour time limit. You got to move it along, buddy. We chalk those fucking tires, too, so don't think you can just pay the meter a second time. (laughs) Somebody else's turn now. <laughs> That's right. I would argue, too, that when going back to when you said, like, teenagers shouldn't have sex unless they're attractive, I would argue that the unattractive ones have an even more of an obligation. Oh, it's, because they need to put out. For the girls, they're going to put out because they're gross. And then the dude, <laughs> they're unattractive. They're like, I can't believe somebody wants to have sex with me. Right. And if anybody does, you better jump on it. Because you don't know when your next meal is going to be served. It's how I've gone through most of my adult life. Absolutely. Not me. I know. Aaron can be, Aaron, Aaron can be picky. She's not one of the beggars like us. Are you kidding, Aaron? You don't have to. You, don't, you can be picky. You have an above ground pool and a fucking go-kart. Yeah. That's right. You get the pick of the litter. <laughs> Later in life, we had, um, well, I didn't have, but one of my brothers had a dirt bike. Oh, my God. Could have really raised hell. You're the chooser. Everybody comes to you and fills out an application. Do you want to come over and ride my brother's dirt bike? That's pickup line. I still use it today. (laughs) It's good. (laughs) You want to come on over? Yeah, that's good. Okay. So we know what Aaron has nicknamed. Her special area. It's her brother's. Well, let's knock off the brother part. You want to come over and ride my dirt bike? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> or should it be a go kart? What's on the computer? I think go kart. Go karts are more fun because a dirt bike requires a little more uh, skill and balance. A go kart, yeah. anybody can get behind the wheel. <laughs> I think with the dirt bike too, that seems more like it would be a penis. And the go-kart is more vagina. You got to know how to work a clutch on a dirt bike. The go-kart, you just you just sit in and press the gas pedal. Yep, 25 miles an hour. Aaron's go-kart. <laughs> so uh, should we talk about the other counselors then? Because I know that we're all chomping at the bit, at least uh, Aaron is, to... Well, I know who Aaron's chomping at the bit to talk about. But first, before we get to him, we cut to the truck full of the camp counselors including kevin bacon who are driving up to camp crystal lake yeah the horny teenagers <laughs> so that's a question i have they're also teenagers because this is one of those casting issues where it's like they're in their 20s but are they are they supposed to be in their 20s and kind of working as camp counselors or are we supposed to understand that they're like maybe seniors in high school only i know that's kind of close but I know it was hard to tell, but I think it is probably where they're a scenario where they're like maybe just graduated. Yeah, that's kind of what I was feeling too. Okay, so we're on the same page. So they're of that. age; they're eighteen. That helps. So they pull up to uh, Steve at Camp Crystal Lake, who's sporting nothing but cut-off jean shorts. So we've identified Aaron's love interest in this. Oh movie. no, no, no! Not just nothing. Not just jean shorts. He's got a little bandana, too. Oh, yeah, he does have oh, a bandana. Yeah. He's blonde. Was it tied around his neck? <laughs> yeah, around it was tied neck. around his neck. Around <laughs> yeah. his neck like an ascot. <laughs> Hairy chest, yeah. shirtless. Yeah, he's got his tits out. Oh, and I like Alice is up on that ladder. Yes. He's down there like a creep, just starts leafing through her shit. He just says, like, I'll just help myself to your stuff. And then when she comes down and he's like, oh, you're so talented, and you're so pretty. And then he strokes her hair. Yeah, that was weird, huh? <laughs> so uh, we established that these counselors are of age, perhaps just graduated from high school. Now, it at least, like as we were saying in um, elsewhere, that that at, l that at least makes it legal, but it doesn't make it less creepy. You're right. Like you had to be into your 20s. Right, like if, you're, if you are fine as fuck, and you're 10 years older than an 18-year-old, I mean, hey, roll those dice. I think it's a little weird that at 28 years old, you could find anything to talk about with an 18-year-old. Sure. But that's, you know, people mature at different times, whatever. But he is gross. Nobody <laughs> wants him. Nobody his own age. Certainly nobody younger than him. And he needs to put a fucking shirt on. Is that what we think that Steve is, like 28? You think he's like 10 years older? Is that what you're getting? Honestly, I think tell. he looked 40 to me. Yeah, he could have been like into his 30s. So it is creepy, but, you know, at least it's, I, I'm again, I'm thinking ahead to sleepaway camp. So this one is like refreshingly non-statutory compared to what we're going to get with sleepaway camp. But it was still unsettling. Yeah, and you're right. The hands to the hair. Wow. You could just do that. Like, don't in the fucking 1980s. touch me. <laughs> yeah. And get out of my shit. Yeah. Well, you know what? He's the boss. But I, so you say that he's has no redeeming qualities or personality. Hey, but was he, apart from that, which is just obviously a boundary crossing, was he that bad of a person overall, though? Because I didn't really get that. Like, he didn't come off as like a total villain. Or an asshole. And again, just wait till you guys get to, I won't, I'll stop saying it, but wait till no, you get I to Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> I didn't get like a villain vibe from him. I'm just like, you're gross. That's the vibe. You're gross. You're just touching people's hair. Put your tits away. It's inappropriate. You have counselors on their way. They're coming here to meet you for the first time to be under your employee. And you're just walking around shirtless. What kind of tone are we setting here? Yeah, no wonder there's counselors who are letting people drown. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. So he's either trying to hook up one of the kids, maybe try to Eiffel Tower. I don't know. Maybe with Kevin Bacon. I guarantee, I was just going to say that, Jared. Soon as Kevin Bacon got there with his little lady, that's exactly who he had his sights set on for the Eiffel. 
Well, that's who I had my sights set on was his uh, lady because she was not wearing a bra ever. And it was it was distracting. You know, there's something to be said for going braless. Speaking of her not wearing a bra, um, Kevin Bacon's shorts are so short. I don't think I even wear shorts that are that short. Were you getting uh, were you getting some some glimpses of what he's packing? Is he packing? He's Kevin Bacon. I don't Bacon. know if he's, he's packing. I just noticed, I don't think they got in, they zoomed in too close to the dick. And I thought that just can't be comfortable for your equipment. Um, yeah, it depends. I just don't like them because, like, I would never want to subject the world to any more surface area of my pale, hairy legs, which are also like chicken bones, you know? But um, as far as the equipment, though, I don't know. Jared, short shorts, comfortable or no? Dude, oh man. All right, here, here, here's the thing. <laughs> not comfortable, but if you're going to not use a condom, you're going to regulate the sperm. What? Yeah, because you suffocate the sperm. Oh, this is a form of birth control. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that's why, uh, what is it, Marcy? Is that her name? Marcy didn't have to use a diaphragm. Yeah. Okay. Because the heat's suffocating his testicles. And this is pre-laptops, which now we can use. You look like you're busy, but what you're really doing is just trying to kill off the sperm with the heat. Yeah. You see that, Aaron? You learn stuff. You hang around Jared and I. I'm learning a lot. You don't need Dr. Phil or Dr. Drew or anybody. We'll fill you in. Yeah, exactly. How it all really works. Okay. And and we don't need drug company advertisers to tell you to put a laptop over your balls. Yeah, fuck Pfizer. That's right. But we will accept their sponsorship if they are interested. <laughs> hey, sponsors. Yeah, of course. Podcasts. We love them. We sell out at the drop of a hat <laughs> or the drop of some semen on Lucy's <laughs> <Marcy's> back. <laughs> I think that'll do it for tonight, guys. I think that's the way that, that's it. Podcast over. <laughs> that's the way to go out. Is all that, so what about, so still with these camp counselors arriving, this scene blows me away. Brenda is nearly killed by Ned while putting up archery targets, but it was oh, in a I playful know. manner, so she's ultimately okay with it. I fucking hate Ned from the very start. And the fact that she's just willing to go, oh, oh, you. Like, <laughs> he tried to kill you. He yeah. nearly killed you. He didn't try to, but he's playful gesture could have killed you and your reaction is to oh you know i hate that he was willing to take the risk you know going up somewhat around firearms and always having it you know drilled into your head that you know how dangerous they are and you always you know hold it toward the ground even if you are 100 percent sure it's empty you still never ever pointed at anybody because one, you just don't want to get in the habit of it. And two, you never are 100% sure and it's not worth the risk. So, you know, all these gun safety habits. And then just with a fucking arrow, which is the same, somewhat equivalent, it, that kind of shit pisses me off. Just being totally disregard for other people's safety. I know it's a movie. He pretended to drown <laughs> too in the next scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he does. Fuck him. I know we're supposed to hate him, but I really fucking hated him. (laughs) To say nothing about, it's like a a scene or two just after this, where he's totally disparaging Native American heritage by (laughs) dancing around. It's like, I feel like this movie, not only was it not approved by, you know, the Native American Association, whatever that may be, I'm sorry, I don't know. But it was also not approved by PETA because they obviously kill a live snake on camera oh yeah that's right he killed a snake oh yeah yes. I wonder why he's like the first one to die in there <laughs> he's a, he's a total douchebag yeah he's who steve would have been hanging out with in stranger things before he switched sides when he first came on the scene and he had those douchey friends yeah ned would have been in that group yes but what I thought was wild was when he's driving the car that's taken him to camp and Kevin Bacon and his boo thing are just making out I know. right next to him. Like, I'd be like, do you fucking mind? Is it cool if we just get there? And then you guys, like, 
We're all sitting in it's a bench seat. You guys aren't even in my back seat. Yeah, I get that the director wants to establish that we're all horny, but it doesn't have to be <laughs> in the passenger cab of my GMC truck. Yeah. <laughs> so it is weird, and because Kevin Bacon in that moment is also shirtless too, right? Oh yeah, they're oh, like, yeah. let's sex you up, man. God, I mean, I guess. Pre-air conditioning, perhaps, in the car, in most cars, but still. I had roll-up windows. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Did you guys ever, like, probably in the back seat of a car where other people were driving, you know, at that age, and you're with your lady, and you probably start making out? In the back seat, sure. Yeah. That's the but difference. riding right next to each other? Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean... If I was told that I did it before, I wouldn't be completely floored by it, but I would certainly... <laughs> in broad daylight, too, may I say. I would never be the driver in that scenario. Queensberry rules, guys. They would not have that option. You'd tell them to knock it off. I'd be like, this is disgusting. I'm getting grossed out here. Do we want to talk about the cop? That weird scene with the cop on the motorcycle who just shows up for... Oh, the anti-weed commercial? <laughs> Oh, he's looking for the crazy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what he's looking for. He's looking for crazy Ralph. It's Officer Dorf, who I had to look this up because I was positive that he was the hotel owner in Deadwood. He sounds just like him. He sort of looks like him, but he had like the same mannerisms. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that, but it turns out it's not him, but it was just weird. And then I thought it was kind of funny. I think it's in there for humor, obviously, coming right on the heels of Ned dancing around like an asshole in Native American headdress. Yeah, there's a part where it's probably fucking Ned who does it, but somebody asks another person, what's your favorite? Or no, if you were a flavor of ice cream, what would you be? Rocky Road. And I was thinking to myself, you are butterscotch, obviously, Jared. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yes. Sadly, right? it's it's, sh- it's a shameful blight on our podcast that Jared would choose to be butterscotch. I but would choose to be we, butterscotch we voluntarily. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to cut that out just to, just to save our reputation amongst our <laughs> legion of, of listeners. Well, what flavor? Oh, I think I know what flavor, unfortunately, as well, Aaron would be mint chocolate chip. Yeah, I probably would go that way. DB's vanilla. And you're vanilla. (laughs) Yeah, vanilla, the most boring. But the most. (laughs) We talk about vanilla, we talk shit about butterscotch. (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah, Jared, that's your rap name, man. Yeah. Or that's your DJ name, DJ Butterscotch. 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 I remix other people's music. Oh, I love it. That's good. I'm DJ Stinky Finger, by the way. I don't know what I am yet. I've never thought about what a DJ name would be for me. Oh, well. We'll come back. Well, we'll come back to it. Come back to it, yeah. It's sort of like a nickname. Like, once you've established it, you can't go back. This isn't like some Puff Daddy P. Diddy bullshit. You don't get to change it. Yeah. You choose it, so it requires some thinking. And if we had enough listeners, I'd put it up for a poll, a listener poll. <laughs> Just get. If we did that on Twitter, we'd get one like, and it would be from Jared. So. <laughs> yeah, which, which I'm probably going to get off of. Yeah, I thought you didn't have Twitter anymore. Well, fortunately, though, Ned is the first to get it. And this happens after he comes upon Kevin Bacon and Marcy making out on the shore. And he's watching. And I have noted down here, get used to it, Ned. This is a representation of your career with respect to Kevin Bacon's. (laughs) Yeah. But then he, so he slinks away into a cabin and then he is the first to get it. So that's good. He's actually Bing Crosby's son. Let's get him the fuck out of here. Yeah, <laughs> even the directors couldn't stand him either. He doesn't even get to watch him have sex. Yeah, so because he watches him, he slinks away, and then we understand that he's dead because uh, we'd seen right. the POV killer sort of uh, eyeballing him, and we, we just kind of know. And then what's awesome is that Kevin Bacon and Marcy then go into the cabin because a storm is coming. They go into the cabin to make out next to Ned's corpse, which is awesome. Yeah. Actually, not just make out. They go into fuck. Oh they're, oh, they're fucking, yeah. Before Ned sees Kevin Bacon and his woman 
having their little chitty chat make out. She tells him this crazy dream that she had. Oh, yeah. I love that. It's so fucking weird. I don't even remember what the dream was, but... Oh, it was about uh, raining blood, essentially. It was like oh, a right. Slayer album, essentially. She dreams in Slayer lyrics. If I'm Kevin Bacon, that is going to be a red flag. And he's just like, hey, it's just a dream. No, no, no. See, this is Jared and I can, uh, just like we can school you on birth control via tight shorts and laptops, we can also school you on when a girl that you're trying to get with starts talking about crazy dreams of like blood rain. That is awesome. That means she's a little... She's a little out there, which means that you probably get a good chance to score. Yeah, she's like, all okay. right. That's right. See, Aaron, you got to okay. hang out with Jared and I. Because <laughs> I, was, I was watching that and I was like, oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm taking notes. <laughs> yeah. Next time that Harrison Ford puts his hand on your shoulder. Yeah, the next time he party, sees me. You start, you start talking about those uh, dreams of torrents of blood and... Uh, and you might find yourself... I'll be Mrs. Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah find exactly. yourself passenger in a uh, single-engine prop plane flying over Malibu. There you go. You go. You make the castle run. So then while they're like uh, going to have sex... By the way, the scene that is really showing Kevin Bacon and Marcy having sex, there's very little movement. I'm not sure what they were suggesting about Kevin Bacon, but I was uh, a little offended on his behalf. I know. He had, I, I, we got to see his back, though. Yeah, and I, it's probably like at that time where they are really allowed to get too sexy with it. No, Kevin Bacon probably definitely boned her though in real life. Oh, you definitely. think so? Kind of. Yeah, there, there's got to be some onset chemistry. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. Was there to go back? I mean, I think Ned was he was annoying, but was it a bad performance? I don't know. Kind of. Maybe a little bit too much, but I think the other actors were not bad. Uh, I thought Alice was great. Marcy was good. Obviously, Kevin Bacon. Anybody that I thought Annie was actually really great. Any actors that jumped out at you as maybe not being? No, they were all just, I mean, a lot of the writing for it too was just hilarious. The lines. Yeah. Yeah. But it was good. I thought everybody was good. In doing a little bit of research for this, today I came across an interview with the director, and he <laughs> talks about they came up with the poster for this movie before they even had what the movie was going to be about. Before they had a script, they just designed the poster, and then they designed an ad for the movie, which is that Friday the 13th logo crashing through glass, <laughs> saying the scariest movie ever made before they even knew what the movie was going to be about. And that's fucking great. That is, <laughs> that great. is great. And then they were just like, oh, they got they got people who are interested in it and just dis distributors. So then they're like, all right, well, now we got to make a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the reverse clerks. And I will say, like, what's surprising is that logo is so awful, but the poster is great. The poster is iconic now, but just looking at it in isolation, that's a great movie poster. By the way, the movie yeah. costs, the budget was $700,000, and the movie made like $56.8 million. Yeah. Wow. Uh, for movies that year, it came in number 18. That year, number one was Empire Strikes Back, just to kind of put it in uh, some It'd be a context. tough one to beat. Shining came out the same year. That's right, too. Yeah, Shining. It actually did beat Friday the 13th, though, surprisingly, really? for that year. Yeah, it came in number 14 that year. It made $44 million. And yes, Friday the 13th was number 18. So they were close. They were I mean, close. you were close. Yeah, they were close. That's $700,000. That's interesting because this movie looks really good. I would have put it above that. It's cool that, you know, with a good uh, director and a cinematographer, you can put that money to good use. Because what we're going to see with Sleepaway Camp, which I'll try to find the budget numbers on that, is... It is cheap and it looks cheap. Like <laughs> it does not look this good. There's just other qualities that are good about it, like fun about it anyway. But um, so maybe we should talk for the first like real gruesome kill would be Kevin Bacon. Oh, that's such a good scene though. That's a I like that shot. Oh, it was so tough for me. <laughs> yeah. 
That's creative. Yeah. So that was an arrow, right? Or a poker? Was it an arrow? It was sharp. Yeah, (laughs) it was sharp. So the killer, wow, Mrs. Voorhees is fucking hardcore, man. She she hides under the bed and then- Yeah, for somebody who doesn't like teenagers fucking, she sure seems to find herself around it enough. Well, I think it's like Republican congressmen who are very uh, much against uh, the gay lifestyle, right? Yeah. And then you find them tapping their foot in a bathroom stall at O'Hare. Exactly. So, and while this is happening to Kevin Bacon, Marcy's in the bathroom alone. And I had noted, like, oh my God, she's losing her mind. She's like doing, I think it's a Betty Davis impression, which again, that coupled with her having these blood dreams uh, for you. As as a female, you're like, whoa, that's that's crazy for a guy. It's like that's awesome. <laughs> the part when she tries to get the sink on and it's not turning on, and she's just like banging on it. As you do. I mean, I'm I'm no plumber, but I'm pretty sure that's not how you get the sink to start working again. And also, there are three other ones right there. Not only that, but she decided she started this game of naked monopoly, and then just goes back to the sink, man. Dude Wait. thought he was gonna get a threesome. No, no, that's we're talking about Marcy, right? Oh, Marcy. Marcy did. Marcy was uh, banging Kevin Bacon. She oh, didn't Marcy have any Bacon. need oh, the other for one. her. I got mixed Stri- up. We're not Monopoly. talking about Heidi Fleiss. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, she's the one who gets killed by the axe. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. another great kill. So we are just getting some good kills right once it starts going here. This is probably to the detriment of the direction, like no movement, but just going to show her standing there immobile as the axe is coming toward her. But uh, when it hits her, that is awesome. Aaron? Yeah, just right there in her head. Yeah. Did you have pr- trouble with that one? Um, It was a little bit easier than the kevin bacon but i always do kind of like look away don't usually just not avert my eyes when that's happening now why was that one easier than kevin bacon i don't know maybe i was sadder to see kevin bacon go yeah maybe that's it it it, it was sad you know what it is too kevin bacon's with the way his happened he's like all of a sudden there's blood that's just like trickling trickling on his head and then out of nowhere the thing comes through his throat where she's in the bathroom and it's like a good two minutes. We're like, all right, we know she's going to die. Just do it already. To me, that's worse because it's the dread of wondering when it's going to come. Like that's the sort of tension that I that drives me crazy. Speaking of which, I'll just throw this in here. The entire two hours plus of the movie Midsummer, which I just watched this weekend, is that. It is intense. It is brutal, but it is really fucking good. I'll just throw that out there. Midsummer. Okay. It's amazing. It's summer. So maybe we should get back then to the other ones who are. So while this is all happening, the storm is coming down, then the others are playing Strip Monopoly. Yeah, which yeah. confuses me. Why does it confuse you? I like how they did some product placement with Parker Brothers, and Parker Brothers was okay with it. Oh, yeah. That's an interesting point. Yeah, Parker Brothers, that wouldn't happen today. Yeah. They'd be like, no, you oh, can't be all use Twitter and outrage. <laughs> How dare they, horny teenagers. Don't play our game. And they're smoking pot, too, while they're playing it. But the madam, when she decides, because she's the one that orchestrated the whole thing. Oh, Brenda? And really, I think she was trying to get a somewhat of an Eiffel Tower going over there with her shit because she seemed more about it. What is her name? Does anybody remember? Uh, So there's Brenda, and then Alice is the last survivor. Oh, okay, so, so Brenda. I think you're talking about Brenda. So yeah. is Brenda. Brenda was more aggressive about playing than even Bill was. She was like, oh, we're doing it. We're getting naked up in here. Then this is when I realized that I would survive if I was in the movie. Because she has that moment during the game where she's like, oh, no, I think I left the windows open in the cabin. And it's like, I mean, it's already been pouring. So whatever <laughs> yeah. Wet is wet. You're right. not going to save anything. And to me, I'm just, that that would have just been a problem for another day. Yeah, I don't understand why she wanted to go back. It didn't make sense to me. I'm like, yo, you, no. you started it. You got to finish what you started. <laughs> yep, I would have just kept drinking okay. and smoking weed with my friends, playing that boring-ass game. So that's interesting that you point out that Brenda was more 
into this strip monopoly game than than even bill which is kind of like a cool characterization to show like hey um you know women can have you know a a a more forceful sexual identity than men in in some instances right that sometimes the the woman can be that way and the bill can be a little bit more uh, hesitant or, or reluctant, but give him a beer and he's going to be okay. Is yeah. the moral of this one? Cause that's what he does. It's like, all right. So uh, that's kind of an, an interesting point here, but Alice is like the, the weird one. So I guess the horror movie tropes about it's the virginal one. Who's going to be the survivor, which kind of comes out of the original Halloween, but John Carpenter insists that that wasn't his intention because, you know, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was the the one who isn't having sex and she's the one who ultimately defeats the uh, the, the monster, uh, Mike Myers. But in here, it's like, but Alice is kind of like joining in on everything. Wasn't Alice like down to her underwear too? Yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah she was acting like a slut. Which, I think that's cool. So Steve had left driving the jeep oh and we forgot to mention annie's kill actually because we see her get picked up by a jeep and it looks like the jeep that steve had been driving and so we're to presume like oh maybe steve is the killer which we're probably supposed to be thinking until he gets killed right yeah when steve goes when he when the cop drops him off and he goes hey it's you what are you doing here and then he gets stabbed that was kind of like a bad scene. I didn't. I thought that one was kind of dumb. But yeah, that was a corny one. I thought you could think Steve was the killer until the kill started happening. Well, then you see him. He's at the diner. So right then, that's when it's like a campaign. So this woman at the diner too is like hitting on him. Well, how does he like it? How do you like it when somebody who's way older than you starts coming on to you aggressively? Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, <laughs> he gets a dosing of it, and he's uh. Yeah, and that's why that's when he has to take off. But we should talk about Brenda's kill because Brenda's is kind of perplexing. She had gone back to her cabin because she was concerned about the rain. Then she gets in bed, hears a woman screaming, help me, and then decides to go running out in the rain without putting on a jacket or a rain slicker. Just going to go out in her Amish uh, nightgown. Yeah, she was all concerned about it. Once again, this makes Miss Voorhees look like an asshole. I think what happened really was Brenda got too high. Yeah, that's true. She's playing Monopoly, Strip Monopoly. She got really high and felt weird and did this whole, oh, it's raining ruse. I got to get out of here. But really, she just was had to get out of there. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, she got too up in her head. Got she was having one of those highs, those paranoid oh, highs. Yep. And she heard Say, help me. See, look, you can play Naked Monopoly and you can watch the kids. So fuck you, Miss Voorhees. Again. Yeah, you didn't even give her a chance. And you, you viewers and your Reaganisms, suck my dick. (laughs) I don't know how Reagan came into it. (laughs) I don't know. uh, When you said the virgin thing and I'm like, oh, I'm like the purity thing. Alice isn't, you know, I don't think that's pure, but. Yeah, we don't know. Like, maybe we're, maybe I am coming at Steve wrong. Like, maybe I didn't see already that Alice and Steve have been fucking before these other counselors got here. True. Yeah, they could have already had a relationship. And that's when he's doing the little hair twirl, and she's like, ugh, this, yeah. I told you last night, this is over. That was a one night There thing. are guys now that are my age arriving here. Did you see Kevin Bacon get out of the cab of that truck? Did you see those shorts? <laughs> Don't fucking touch me. I know we can bang without having to wear a rubber because the shorts are so tight. I heard it from Jared. <laughs> exactly. So after Brenda's killed, then it's down to Bill and Alice who go to look for Brenda and find a bloody axe and everyone else is missing. So Alice and Bill decide to call someone and break into the office to use the phone. Then it's the the power goes out after Steve is killed, after he was let out uh, on the side of the road by Sergeant Tierney, who has to go uh, investigate a car head-on car collision. And he says he'll be there in about 15 minutes. Yeah, they're all dead. 
And I have noted here, this is uh, Crystal Lake's version of Hopper because he's going to stop for a beer and some wings before he's going to deal with some road fatalities that are like maybe a half a mile down the road. But he's got he's to steal himself up for that. I got a six pack with my name on it waiting for me. <laughs> then I can get the jaws of life. I'll be there in 15 15 minutes so this is where so then after bill and alice light kerosene lanterns bill leaves alice alone with the bloody axe while he goes to check in the power generator and this is where alice makes the coffee or the tea i had it written down as coffee though yeah it's coffee she has sugar yeah i saw the product place this scene is goes on for quite a while and it's I don't know if you totally call it a tracking shot. It just seems to be like the camera is swiveling. But this one was great. Like, I just love, like, uh, a long scene of somebody even just making coffee. It felt somehow lynchian in a way. But I thought it was great. And it it was building the the tension a little bit. Because you're expecting something to happen, but it doesn't there. And then she leaves to go and look for Bill, right? Yeah. And I, I just didn't think it lined up with how quickly the water would have boiled. Yeah, it is. It was dangerous. That's another lesson that this movie tells: is don't leave anything boiling on the stove and then walk away because you will forget. Yeah, and it's a gas stove, so you leave something electric bur- uh, on the stove. Some water maybe spills out and goes all over the burner and la la la. But you got a gas stove. Now you're putting out the flame. And you just got gas seeping in. That's true. But I don't know. I mean, I was cooking rice the other day and I sat out, was sitting outside and I forgot about it. And then on the next thing I know, I hear the smoke alarm going off and I oh, go yeah. running inside. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I forgot about the rice. The but rice I was still sitting again. outside with the, just the screen door there. But it was like, if I hadn't been there, though, that could have been uh, much worse because even just the heat can start causing problems, I think. I don't know. I'm no fireman. No, I think you sounded just like one. Yeah. As long as I don't have to like carry any heavy stuff or I can be, I more stand outside by the the valve and turn the water on and on. (laughs) There you go. Hero. I don't do well in heat, guys, but I want to be a fireman. I'll drive or I'll be the one that stands at the ladder on the top. (laughs) I'll be there for to build morale. Also, I don't work weekends. And gotta be home by six. It got well, I mean, come on, that's when Fox is airing reruns of The Simpsons. You gotta be home for that. You gotta see Simpsons. You never know which rerun you'll miss. Okay, sometimes that's gonna be a dud, it's gonna be a Lisa episode, but sometimes it could be a Bart and Homer one, and I wanna see that. (laughs) So, anyway, it's great to be a part of this department, and um, (laughs) I just wanna slide down the pole. The pool party does look fun. Is there any way that I could just come here once a week and do that? (laughs) Yeah. And I want to buy a uniform. You would not believe the reaction I get when I ask that. So many doors slammed. But you know what? I'm dedicated and I persist. And I just know that eventually somebody's going to say yes. Someone's got to test the poll. Yeah. (laughs) So you need a poll tester, right? Got to have a poll tester. Think about the times when the poll's not ready, though. There's another version of birth control right there when the pole isn't ready for the guys to be using. You as the pole tester has to learn that the hard way. If it's too brittle, it can chafe and that can cause that can cause some permanent damage. It can chafe. <laughs> so then she does run out and looks for Bill and finds Bill's uh, what did you guys think? We didn't get to see Bill's kill, but he's impaled on the back of the door with arrows, which is pretty awesome. she was yelling for bill over and over again she doesn't even change the inflection at which she's saying it or the volume she just keeps saying it at the same level and the same way over and over again well she she wasn't getting paid enough to inflect her voice i think would be her argument has she been in anything else I mean, this was only a $700,000 movie, as Jared pointed out. Uh, she was in uh, Friday the 13th Part 2. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She did a couple soap operas, did a lot of voiceover work. Oh, that's okay. good. That's great. Yeah, she married like a big wig. She had a stalker, so she didn't want to be in the spotlight anymore. Oh, that's really? That's true. I did see that, too. The stalker followed her all the way over to England, too. And 
from what I saw, this is like before they took the stalker scenario seriously. So they were just not giving her the protection that she should have had. Yeah. So, wow, that's interesting. So I didn't know that. So that's why she kind of wanted to pull back out of acting. See, that's bullshit, man. Fucking fuck your stalker, you people who are just going to like so terrorize somebody that they can't pursue the line of work that they really wanted to be in because you kind of traumatize them. Yeah. Pieces of shit. Yeah, that's crazy. Damn, follow her to England. You yeah. must have really loved her. That's really scary. Yeah, it's uh, really sad that that love went unrequited. I think we need to start pointing a finger at her. <laughs> yeah, like, you couldn't throw him a mercy fuck? God, he follows you to England. He <laughs> loves you. That's got to be worth at least a hand job. Yeah. <laughs> so then um, when she finds this, that's when she runs back to the cabin uh, because she heard the kettle going off or because she's trying to escape a killer. And she is thinking that she can hide out by keeping all the lights on and just closing the curtains and tying a rope to the door. She didn't even do the standard, like, get a knife and go search everywhere and make sure the killer's not already in here. She's just knotting up this door. Like, what if the killer is in here already? Right. How the hell are you going to get out? Yeah, she assumed that uh, the killer was outside. Yeah, you got to do a quick fix so that the door is locked. Then you got to go run around and make sure that you're in there alone. Then start roping it off. Well, that's, that's, that's <laughs> how they teach the school shooting drills, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anytime I come home, I always go walking through the house to make sure there's nobody in here. You pull out your Glock and you start opening all the closet doors. and I really do. Swift move. Yeah. Got to go Magnum P.I. swipe. I'm like, where <laughs> could they hide? Checking in hampers and shit. And sometimes you just got to fire a bullet into the hamper just, just in case. And it's a little bit more fun, yeah. you know? I just let out a warning shot so they know I'm home. I do it and I hold the gun sideways, like straight thug. <laughs> oh, really... yo, bad boys. <laughs> so, but this is awesome where then Brenda gets thrown through the fucking window. Her <laughs> corpse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I gotta say... Mad props to Mrs. Voorhees. I don't know what kind of, like, if she's doing CrossFit (laughs) or what she's into, but she is one strong bitch. She's hoisting Bill up on a door. She's throwing bitches through the window. Like, I mean, she came flying through that window, too. Yeah, I mean, she can do all this stuff, but teach her, not teach her kid how to swim, right? Yeah, she's focused. She's more focused on herself. Yeah. Taking a sledgehammer to track tires, flipping them over. Yeah, that's where she got that. That's <laughs> She's got good core strength. I think we, for all of Mrs. Voorhees' shortcomings, we can at least say that she has good core strength. And that's yeah, good something. core strength. Yeah. I also thought about uh, Mrs. Voorhees. Alice played this completely wrong, in my opinion. Okay. She's clearly crazy, this woman. Oh, Mrs. Voorhees, you think? Yeah. yeah. This okay. is not well, this is no like way. when she, when <laughs> Alice when Alice is getting her face to face. Yeah, like just jumping on like, yeah, they were wrong. You're right. She's trying to do some therapy. After killing everybody else. She really need, I think Mrs. Voorhees is really in need of some dialectical behavior therapy at this point. So let's really let's explore those feelings that you have. Yeah. She's sitting there being like no, mommy, la, 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 all this crazy shit. Either get the fuck away from her or try to talk crazy with her. Yeah, try to out-crazy Mrs. Voorhees. Now, there's something. Oh. Now, I would almost say that Alice comes close to that because at a certain point, I mean, because there's then that we go on with this for like a while, a bunch of like moments where we think it's over and then it's not, and then we think it's over and then it's not. At one point, Alice has a rifle trained on her. And then as Mrs. Voorhees comes closer, she throws the fucking rifle. I mean, it's just like, I'm like, yo, now you deserve to die. Yeah, Yeah, I hope you do. The whole time I was watching, I'm like, this is the one who survives? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, it's, you know, you're no Jamie Lee Curtis at this point, uh, Alice. But um, I know it's hard to shoot somebody. But, but you can shoot the you can shoot the person who killed Bill. Yeah, like you were gonna have sex with Bill. Yeah, you're gonna have sex. You cock blocked. You know. You were in love with Bill. He's the only thing keeping you there at that camp. 
True. Yeah, last guy you had sex was the creepy dude. Yeah, with a fucking bandana. Now, if Mrs. Voorhees had just stopped at Ned, and then you were pointing the gun and you didn't want to pull the trigger, we'd understand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's like, well, I mean, an inch to the left, and this would have been Ned who killed somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the one that also I hate is, I think it's short, it's shortly after the throwing the gun, Alice has knocked Mrs. Voorhees out and decides it's a good time to go sit on the beach with her back to the cabin and just kind of be alone with her thoughts for a little bit. These these behaviors are the ones that drive me crazy, the ones that make no cognitive sense. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, like she arrived in a Jeep. Go yes. get in that and get the fuck out of there. I have that written down here too. Uh, That's funny. I was like, what? why is she sitting there with her back turned? Th- there is a Jeep out there with keys in it. That's what I, yeah, yeah I have. You just take the keys, run her over. The lights are still on. It's running. It's running. But if she did do that, then we wouldn't have gotten this awesome scene where Mrs. Voorhees drops the machete, Alice picks it up. And like a badass executioner takes her head off with one swing. (laughs) Yeah, on her first try. Which is not easy to do. She slices through it like it's a melon. But I guess we could say it's the adrenaline. Yeah, it's the adrenaline. Why is she going to canoe, though? Oh, yeah, the canoe. I love the shot, though, of her. The shot's great. Canoe, yeah. Well, I guess actually, though, we're left to wonder. Did she actually go in the canoe? Because I was wondering the same thing, but I'm like, hey, you can do whatever you want at this point. You're traumatized. Do whatever you got to do. And then I'm just like, oh, this is a great shot in the movie. This is like, this is really eerie and cool. And then that jump scare. Little mongoloid. Oh, wow. I didn't know know about that part. That scared the shit out of me. That was scary. It got me. It was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. And then I think it should have ended, could have ended there. But then they go and she's in the hospital and this was a dream she had. So maybe she was never in the canoe like that. That was just her dream. Maybe they did find her on the beach. Who knows? I I also noticed that the doctor and the cop, them having their little conversation together. Yeah. And like, we talked a lot of shit about Hopper from Stranger Things. Yes, we did. But I see... With these people, with the way the doctor and the cop are having their conversation, the doctor is definitely a doctor that helped get the opioid addiction rolling. (laughs) (laughs) Just give him some pills. Yeah, she's getting a little too. uh, She's getting a little too vocal. Why don't we uh, put her down? Why don't we get some morphine up in that IV? (laughs) And then he calls in the nurse. You know, because once the patient's knocked out, then he and the nurse they they kind of have this kind of thing where they like to get busy next to the next to the patients who are knocked out. Oh, they do the Kevin Bacon Marcy (laughs) move where they have sex with another body in the room. Yeah, that's the way they like it. Look. (laughs) That doesn't violate any Hippocratic oaths. So I think we should all be, you know, a little less judgmental. I'm not judging. They just like having an unconscious victim next to them when they make love. <laughs> What's weird about that? It's what we've it's all thought about exciting. it. How many sequels to this movie are there? There are eight by <laughs> okay. my count. And then a reboot from a few years ago, which is supposed to be terrible. Well, and who's opening? Uh, well, I'll have to watch the sequels, but... You will? Steve was the guy owning it, right? Like, he's dead. So who's open in the cabin? Well, I think it got passed down to his kids. He didn't have any kids. You saw those shorts. He had some illegitimate. That's right. Well, <laughs> well, they look, they, they came out a little funky. You know, they were, they were like, um, you know, one of those unprocessed Polaroid pictures, but they still, they still get like Jason of the Blake. Yeah. But they still entitled to his estate. I forgot that, um, Mrs. Voorhees is the killer in the first one. Or not, I didn't forget that she was the killer. I just, when we were talking about Jason, and then I was like, oh, Jason is, would be my ideal of the three. Okay. And you didn't really see it. So it didn't occur to me that you still weren't even going to see Jason in this movie when we were talking about it. Like, I guess based on the ending, you were just more robbing the cradle a little bit. He looks way better once he gets his little mask on. Well, I guess the very ending shot is just the water, which I thought was really fucking cool. And then just really slight ripples to suggest 
that something is underneath. I thought that was great. Even down to the music I noted here, it feels very Twin Peaks-esque, actually. Just that shot. Like, we're just going to linger here and just hold it for a while and then done. I thought that was awesome. That was really spooky. That was yeah. like kind of the opposite of the way Carrie ends, which is, you know, the the gravestone and then the hand shooting up, right? So it's almost like you're waiting for that, which is great. You're waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting for it, nothing. And that leaves you a little more haunted, I think. Yeah. And maybe it only works that way it juxtaposed with something like Carrie, where you you know what's supposed to happen here, but all you get are just, just a few ripples. Oh, that was really good. It's a good movie. Well, would you recommend this movie? Oh, hell yeah. Do you even know what number of times this would make for you having seen this? Maybe like seven. Oh, really? Okay, I thought it would have yeah. been into double digits. Oh, no, if, I would, if it had been a double-digit one, I would have remembered lines from it and everything. Uh, Jerry, would you recommend this? I mean, if you're interested in, like, films and horror stuff, I guess look at it. I don't know. I'll, I'll jump down, because this is someone who saw it for the first time. You know, I guess it's worth a look. So, so, some parts were good, I thought. But, you know, I saw The Shining, like, four or five months ago. And I was just like, yeah, man, that was made the same year. And I, I was thinking about the whole time when I was watching. I was like... Oh, right. Yeah, well, this yeah. is a little bit easier to dissect. I mean, yeah, it, as you said, like it's different intentions, different sort of, uh, it's definitely looking to be just like a fun slasher, a fun ride, whereas The Shining is going to kind of grab you and, and hold you and take you on this really wild ride, whereas like Friday the 13th is more like, eh, let's just have fun. Yeah, but, uh, I, I feel snobby even thinking that, but, you know, it's like, uh. <laughs> was it a yes or a no? I, I mean, I, it's a maybe for me. Oh, my God. You have to say yes or no. Or if you're into horror movies, but if you're not in any of that stuff, then no. Not enough to hold your interest, if not. Okay. Yeah. I would recommend it. I think it's a good, solid horror movie. I think it's better than most horror movies that are even being passed off today. Oh, my God. Oh, us. definitely. That movie Us is like regarded as, oh, wow, this is a uh, high art, uh, you know, horror, elevated horror. I'm like, oh, my really? God, that movie is fucking garbage. That movie was awful. <laughs> uh, it looked good, uh, but it was awful. Uh, this, so this is way better than that. And I think a lot of other horror movies, I think you usually go to the first one and that's usually going to be like the best one. Yeah, yeah. I can could, I could see why it's the best one. They might be rebooting it. I guess there's problems with the uh, rights, but LeBron James is a producer on it, so one can only imagine what oh, uh, that'll what? bring. Just, just do Space Jam 2. Stick to what you know. <laughs> don't get me started on that. I don't understand why you would want to do Space Jam. No. God, <laughs> it's so stupid. It's an acid trip. <laughs> well, and it's like two... If we're going to do Space Jam and have we have to have this basketball player... That's interacting with cartoons and Michael Jordan's our choice for that. Like, I'm, I wonder what Space Jam would look like with Dennis Rodman. Oh, oh no, that so one I would go see. Entertaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, who would Dennis Rodman would have to be? Like, what would be the cartoons they would? Yeah, the Maniacs. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Beavis and or Red and Stimpy, maybe. Dennis Rodman well, with Red and Stimpy. Yeah. That's probably it. Oh, God, that would be great. Um, any uh, any other thoughts? Any other notes that we didn't get to? I have what I didn't say was that I love Mama Voorhees takes a cunt punt and keeps on ticking. Oh yeah, dude, she's that cunt punch. <laughs> uh, did I miss that? You, you don't remember the cunt punt? I don't. So it was just at one of the scenes where they were wrestling around and uh, and fighting. Yes. Wow. Okay. Also, I I say kudos to Mrs. Voorhees. Although we do know that it was her fault that her son didn't know how to swim and he drowned. Yeah. But uh, most parents these days, if something like that happens, they would just be on Yelp whining about their dead kid. <laughs> Mrs. Voorhees got out there and she took care of that fucking shit. That's going in Mrs. Voorhees's favor. Yeah, she's not a whiner or a complainer. She's a doer. That's right. Mother Voorhees. 
a doer. Before CrossFit, too. Doing CrossFit before there was CrossFit. I'd like to attend one of her classes. Here we have a murder victim that I've tied up, and we're going to throw it over this hurdle. And we're going to do that and then do some burpees. Yeah, what do you think? Like, how much do you think Brenda weighed? Uh, Like 100? 130? Because she's taller. Yeah, I would say 130, 135. She just lifts that bitch up over her head and throws her like a football. Yeah. I want to see the cuts of that. I want to see the cut from outside. (laughs) This is he's just chucking this bitch through the window. (laughs) Oh, man. Actually, that's supposed to be your line, Aaron. You're supposed to be the one saying bitch. I can't really say that. I think it sounded okay. I mean, she did kill people. So She did. She did. But she also killed Ned, so there's some positives to come there's out of There's some redeeming qualities. Yeah. You know, she's not a great mom, but I bet you she would have been, she'd have some good stories to share. Who is the better parent, Mrs. Voorhees or Casey Anthony? Ooh. Mrs. Voorhees. I would say oh, so. Mrs. Voorhees for sure. Yeah. She's killing him for, for a kid. I don't know why, but. She realizes that she did wrong by her child by bringing him around a body of water that she knew he didn't know how to survive in. True. Casey Anthony. Well, Casey Anthony murdered her child. Right. Allegedly. Not according to the court of law. Right. I don't know. I don't know what I think about it. I know she did it. You have a strong point that Mrs. Voorhees is showing remorse for perhaps some negligence on her part or some guilt anyway, and uh, is taking it out on camp counselors, and yet we have yet to see Casey Anthony take it out on the trunk of her car. So That and she has some weird psychic connection to her dead body. I don't know much about these movies, but I know Jason goes to hell. And he starts killing people. So I think Jason, his spirit transforms into other bodies. So maybe maybe she has a spiritual connection to Jason. Uh, Okay. uh, Okay. I buy it. Well, guys, so that'll do it for our review of Friday the 13th. Our next movie in our Halloween double feature is, as we've mentioned, Sleepaway Camp. So we'll be back with you next week for our trailer episode on Sleepaway Camp. And the following week after that, our review of Sleepaway Camp. Coming a little after Halloween this year, but we'll get uh, we'll get ourselves back on on track with uh, with our monthly release schedules. So uh, with that being said, Aaron, if people want to find out more about you, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Erin Minogue or on Facebook at Erin Marie Minogue. And Jared, if people want to find out more about you, where can they find you? All right. At Instagram at Deraj Nivelle. I think I'm getting rid of Twitter this uh, this time. Oh, this time for sure. I, yeah, I, I believe got no, him. I got into a heated. Yeah, I don't know why. I wasted so much time. I was bored. And then I was just like, and I saw this guy. And you, you, you know, when you look at somebody and you're like, I hate him. this guy sucks. <laughs> Yes, I do know that. And if you want to learn more about this show and any of our other shows, head on over to Bandcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, at Bandcast. Send us any questions, queries, etc. to Bandcast at gmail.com. And we'll be back with you all next week. Bandcast.